massive socialists. We're socialists. We don't want money. We just want comedy. <laughs> Make laughs, not war. Yeah. Mm. The only war is on the cost of laughing crisis. <laughs> I regret that. <laughs> no. Well, everyone else liked it. It was just me that didn't. No, but not, uh, the first time I thought it was like cost of laughing crisis. It was pretty good. And then every time I see it now, I'm like, oh, you fucking hack. You suck. <laughs> Anyways. Hi, everybody. Welcome to St. Misbehaving, the podcast about saints from people who are not. I am your host, Matthew Shadorn, and I am joined, as always, by someone who is neither rated, reviewed, nor subscribed to this podcast, <laughs> Anna Domini. And is therefore Anna. dead to you. <laughs> what are you doing to support this podcast if not rating <laughs> and reviewing it wherever you get your podcasts? Which Listen. I'm sure that all the people within the sound of my voice right now have already done. Yeah. Um, but you have not? Well, first of all, what I have done to support this podcast is despite the fact that I have a disease which affects my ability to talk and breathe for a long period of time, I, I lend you my vocal folds for several hours every time. So I'm not asking you to, to say anything. I'm just asking you to type some stuff. <laughs> I mostly am just using this as an opportunity to, because we never remind people to rate or review or subscribe. I, and I, I think just... they might have seen right through that. But also, actually, a few weekends ago, I was at a party and lots of people were asking me about the podcast. And oh, yeah. shout out to Isaac and Paul, who told me that they listen all the time. So, yeah, they're my favorites at the moment was the thing they were asking like do you still do that podcast <laughs> weird kind of thought you'd give up after that well a lot of people ask me if i still do comedy and i say no but i still do charity work in the form of keeping this old man company every other week <laughs> by pretending i'm into the same weird historical stuff that he is uh, whatever. Um, that's that's how i introduce it and then they uh, they listen out of pity <laughs> i was hanging out this weekend with my old podcast co-host of the now defunct six months later podcast dara newton wordsworth you are friend friend of this podcast and of us personally <laughs> and uh and she was asked if i had been doing much stand-up and i was like stand up <laughs> oh that's a that's a name i haven't heard in a long <laughs> time like it was just it was like oh my god yeah i don't yeah i am not performing lately no. uh, it's been bad so i need to get back on that horse well Gotta stand back up on that horse starts right now crack some mm. jokes on demand we're on, purely online comedians yeah but um that's true anyways anna just just a quick reminder everybody if you could just do a little bit to look i've made several dummy accounts to give this <laughs> podcast five star ratings he's actually taken out a second mortgage to make a substantial payment to a russian bot farm yeah well not russian we we, do, we don't support yeah. russian bot farms anymore yeah we no longer support russian bot farm <laughs> all right it's all kosher it's no, fine it's, it's, it's a, we got a locally sourced bot farm in swindon <laughs> pick your own bots <laughs> yeah but it's farm to table bots yeah but yeah it couldn't hurt please uh, if you want to help the <laughs> podcast uh, please do that anyways admin i was trying to make the admin f like seamless and fun but i, feel I like think I you did either. a great job yeah. <laughs> not hectoring it's not what i want to do but anna have you done anything saintly or had anything miraculous happen to you i i would say i did something quite saintly earlier this week is it you met an old man in a park and gave him a gift <laughs> <laughs> I had no comment. After my weekly appointment, I went into Summertown 
And mm-hmm. it starts off quite unsaintly because basically I went into the Costa so I could use the loo <laughs> without buying anything. So anyway, I went to the Costa and there was a bit of a queue for the loo because one of them was broken. So I sat down in the queue because I am frail these days. Oh. So I was sat down and the woman in front of me was like, can I ask you a favour? And I was like, okay. <laughs> she was like, I don't like to lock the door. Please, can you make sure no one comes into the toilet? <laughs> and I was like, sure, okay. So, you know, that that was quite saintly because I had to not just be scrolling on my phone slash falling asleep. I had to stay alert. And as it happened, someone, like, because there was no one behind me in the queue at the time, but then while the lady was in the loo, unlocked, very much mm-hmm. in danger, someone else came up and was like, oh, are you waiting? I was like, yes, yeah, someone's in there. And then that meant that I started engaging in conversation with that woman who was like, I'm really sorry, but I'm really desperate. Can I go first? <laughs> By this point, I've been waiting for about 10 minutes. And I said yes, because I am very saintly. Wow. Yeah, I've been helping out in the community. And right. I think it's an inspiring tale of how anyone can... <laughs> You're... can help the community no matter the physical barriers including your own bladder <laughs> right right you're your bathroom goalie your spot sacrificer like all these things <laughs> yeah i hopefully haven't given myself like a uti just for the the good of others but remains to be seen i guess holding it in you can i'm can fairly you? sure it's like it, if you hold it in for too long you can get ill but that might be like an old wives tale if you know about how no. to get get a UTI, Nobody, please write no, in. No, it's fine. If you know, if you don't know, just go Google it. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> if you're worried about it, seek a doctor uh, or medical professional. Oh, just what like, in the the state the NHS is in today? Right, we'll you want me NHS to phone website. my doctor and say, "Hey, I let an old lady in front of me in the queue. Am I gonna die?" Yeah. Okay, I'll do it's that good. straight after this. Yeah. Or is karma protecting your bladder? Yeah, that know. sounds like science. How about you? Me, I, uh, what did I do? I met an invalid in the park the other day. <laughs> you can't use my own, <laughs> my own saintliness against me. It's not I, fair. I, I went, uh, yeah, we went and hung out. Uh, we, you and I hung out in the park. I went all the way across town. and uh, That's true. You did make a very big journey for We me, had a lovely which... day in the park, which was quite nice. And then uh, we were wiped out. We, I, we might be sick, too, because we both went home and had like a four-hour nap. Oh, wow. Uh, Tavish and I went home and took a four-hour nap. But yeah, um, Tavish ran around in the playground and Anna and I had to catch up and Anna got me some very thoughtful birthday gifts. So that was very nice. Some belated yet thoughtful birthday So gifts. what I'm hearing is, is more it's miraculous rather than a saintly thing is that you witnessed me giving a good gift. Which it was, is yeah. A miracle. Your generosity extends beyond bathrooms to <laughs> parks. <laughs> this all sounds bad. That sounds really dodgy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, that was a, uh, a miraculously lovely afternoon and it was like, it was a crummy day and then it got really bright and sunny and it was, uh, mm. and then it was a bit too sunny. But... Yeah. <laughs> we burn your baby. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, Anna remembered sunscreen cause I had not and Tavis's <laughs> arms were getting real hot. He's getting mm. hot arms. So that was it. Nothing, nothing, nothing uh, spectacular. Oh, one biblically huge thing, which is the Oxford Comedy Festival is... <laughs> now in full preparational now spring. that was seamless my goodness <laughs> i'm pro- like all the promotional stuff is now in effect and i'm i'm basically running around 
uh, promoting the festival. So if you're in the Oxford area and you're looking for something fun to do in July, there will be 54 amazing comedy shows throughout the month uh, from July 1st to 31st. You can find them all at OxfordComedyFestival.com. Please, uh, please feel free to look into that. It's it's worth your time. It's cheap tickets. We kept tickets the same price as last year. So um, no cost of laughing crisis. God, I hate myself for thinking that joke up. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, but check out the Oxford Comedy Festival. I'm working really hard on it this year with the assistance of uh, not Anna, but some of Anna's DNA. So. <laughs> yeah, we've we've just that sounds like you've worked out how to clone me. So that I, <laughs> what a um, worth if I was going to clone one person in the world. It would not wow. be you, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> and yet here we are. Here you've we employed are. Um, another Dominie to do your bidding. Yeah. Uh, her, uh, Anna's sister, Emily, is, is helping out. Oh, Alton, shout out. We wish safe travels to our researcher, Kat, who I think by the time this comes out, will be globetrotting all the way to Australia to perform in clubs down in Australia as part of her uh, prize for winning student comedian of the year. Kat is not just the gifted researcher theologian she is also a very good stand-up comedian she actually performs stand-up comedy and last year she won chortles and you actually asked her to be co-host before me didn't you and uh... yeah but she you know (laughs) but she's busy she's going to australia and stuff so if you're in austin if you're in sydney perth or melbourne i think She's very good. You look up Catriona Dowden. Yeah, and, you should uh, definitely go see her because see her, one yeah. day you won't be able to afford to because exactly. she's going to be a superstar. She's also so. at the Oxford Comedy Festival. So if you're in Oxford, you can see her there. So. <laughs> wow, what a smooth segue. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is there? <laughs> oh, so many names upon names. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, whatever. 54. There's 54 individual names, human beings with hopes and dreams and jokes and backstories yeah. jokes and dreams that's jokes what we should and call dreams. It. that's that that will be the tagline for next year hopefully the the cost of laughing crisis won't be relevant anymore hopes and jokes and dreams and schemes the oxford comedy festival uh, anyways anna yes today is may 21st 2023 mm-hmm. who is today's saint well we are looking ahead to friday the 26th of may to the feast of saint philip neri saint philip neri yeah mm. he was one of those probably lesser saints who has a surname (laughs) like you know they're they're not that big i mean we're delivering the uh the obscurity when they have a surname because oh oh, his name oh i was like oh yeah because i was thinking you said philip of nary no his last name is just nary Nary, yeah hmm. yeah to distinguish him i guess from the other saint phillipses Mm -hmm. Um, well i think the motto for today's episode is yes we can nary what canary i don't know whatever okay. in my head in my head that looked funny yeah well that's um, that's the beauty of improv isn't it uh, i don't know whatever i you know it's to make a canary based saint joke is a rare and wonderful thing mm. but uh and you know like out. a canary you have to you have to put yourself in danger of not being funny in order to test the waters for everyone else or the minds all right so philip canary <laughs> wait what's his name yes uh, Philip Neri. It's N E R I. Yeah. Um, okay. And what's his? What, what's what's, his his, what's deal? up with that guy? He was around from 1515 to 1595. So okay. quite, quite a, quite an old dude. He squeezed for, uh, 80, 80 years out of this old rock of. Almost. He was born in July, but he died in May on the 26th. Oh, so close to his birthday. So, yeah, 79. So annoying. Uh, you know, I know not a lot of people know this, but a 79 is also a sexual position. 
Oh, God. Like a, Go on. Spooning. Spooning. Right. 79ing is just spooning. It's is just it? nice. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, hang on. Because you know how you can sometimes draw the seven with like a little stick in the middle? So yeah. 79 is spooning, but the guy is the little spoon and he's it's excited. Spoon, right. Yeah. You heard it here first. So 79ing. Guys, do more 79ing in your life. Actually, I just like that it's a, I just like the 79ing is just like nice channel spooning. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I did read somewhere that like cuddling <laughs> is good for you like it it generates all kinds of like dopamine type things yeah. so yeah so it's, uh, it's good more 79ing more 79ing Logis- guys i mean it makes logistically more sense let's be honest yeah. so 79 someone you love today <laughs> anyway tell them and as you do whisper in their ear this is from the same misbehaving pod i heard about this on a liturgical podcast <laughs> Oh dear. We should go to the Oxford Comedy Festival. <laughs> oh man, we we should have done this back in February. This would be the perfect Valentine's gift. Man. Oh well. Um, All right. So Philip, what's so Philip? He old man when he died. But before yeah. he died, what did he do? He was born. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Starting out strong. Yep. Yeah, to a lawyer named Francesco Neri. And mm. a noblewoman called Lucrezia de Moschiano. Oh, wow, so, okay. Um, so they're Italian then, right? <laughs> How did you guess? I mean, I my accent just... was clearly <laughs> very accurate. But you were doing an accent? Jeez. Uh, no, I would never do such a thing. As a child, Philip's nickname was Pippo Buono. I, I don't know how to say that word in Italian, but it means good little Philip. Pito, Pippo Buono. Yeah, Pippo but except... Bueno. except bu- but a, yeah, oh, it means good. <laughs> sounds like an Italian children's program. Yeah. You learn the alphabet from Pippo Bueno. It's Pippo Bueno. Yay. <laughs> because he was so cheerful, which right. is which is a nice a nice change. Like a lot of the saints, they're, they're quite morbid and holy as children. They are a grim bunch. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just for a change, Philip was was a, a cheeky little chappy. So just um, strolling along, whistling a jaunty tune. Yeah. Probably got a little sailor hat on. <laughs> and a bow tie, yeah. Yeah. Philip's mother died when he was around five years old, but that didn't oh. stop him smiling. Smiling <laughs> through the pain. <laughs> yeah. Is what the mother would have wanted. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Um, he and his sisters were brought up by their grandmother. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. she was more fun than the mum, so. Wait, where did the dad go? <laughs> well, dads don't do bringing up their children. <laughs> did you not hear how dad was a lawyer? He's yeah. busy. <laughs> and Philip was educated by friars at San Marco, a Dominican monastery in Florence. Mm. When he was 18, he was sent to San Germano to live with his uncle Romolo, a wealthy merchant, to assist him with his business. They're really pinging him around the extended family at this point, aren't they? Yeah, really. It's just like the dad's like anybody who can take this kid. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was cheerful, right? He probably was like a, a bit of a handful, you know, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of responsibility. Yeah, this guy's just like he's he's depressed because his wife is dead. He's got yeah. X number of daughters to deal with. I'm guessing seven at least. <laughs> and here comes Pip every morning, like, "Hello, father, how are you doing? <laughs> glorious morning!" And he's just like, "Oh, fuck, I cannot take this kid anymore." I think Go. that's the exact situation. Go yeah. see your uncle. <laughs> The intention was that Philip would one day inherit his uncle's wealth as Romulo had no children. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> That's our plan for Tavish. Nobody else in the family has kids. So we're like, yeah. I don't need to save anything because Tavish is the sole heir of the Taylor Shadorn fortune. <laughs> <laughs> but both branches, like, yeah. of these two great houses. Yeah. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. while in San Germano, the young man had a religious conversion experience which turned him away from worldly things. Mm. Time to stop being happy, kid. Yeah. And start being godly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the dream said. Having spent less than a year with his uncle, Philip decided to travel to Rome. Which, wait, fair wait, enough, wait, like, if you're wait. a. a a young 18 year old i'd say rome is a young 18 year old an 18 year old young man rome mm. is probably more exciting than florence right oh, wait so what's what was the conversion experience doesn't say oh. <laughs> just a near-death experience a vision maybe, a miracle, maybe. yes all the above <laughs> all of the above tick <laughs> a particularly good piece of focaccia bread <laughs> Haven't we all had that? Yeah, I think we've all had glorious divine experiences with Italian food, so. Mm, Yeah. Philip spent the next two years working as a tutor in the household of a Florentine aristocrat named Galeotto Caccia in exchange for housing in Galeotto's attic. Ah. When he was not tutoring, Philip visited the holy sites and prayed at the tombs of Peter and Paul. He went on to study philosophy and divinity under the Augustinians. He would focus on prayer and was set to weep when he set eyes on a crucifix or reflected on Christ's sufferings. (laughs) So you were right. He's getting more serious. This is a bad place to be then. Rome is kind of ground zero for crucifixes and reflecting on Christ's suffering. (laughs) You can see it everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Just everywhere you go. You're just walking down the street and somebody's wearing a crucifix and you're just like, it's so beautiful. (laughs) Well, yes. Jesus. Um, <laughs> Are you okay, Christ. sir? Please just turn away. <laughs> I like to think he had like maybe a, some kind of allergy to wood. It was just like that's yeah. why he would weep. It would just irritate his eyes. Well, it's more just the high pollen count in Rome. In Rome, was, I, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like at the time, it was a lot of like city pollution, coal fires, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Sure. Just irritating his eyes. If that guy got a couple of eye drops, he would have just uh, given up the church altogether. He's like, <laughs> oh, my eyes are better. Oh, it turned out it was this thing. He eventually gave up his studies after three years, after he was moved to dedicate himself to prayer while staring at a crucifix. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Through tears. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> it implies that like he's not studying divinity. He's just kind of staring at the crucifix, being like, something's going to happen. <laughs> As a theology graduate, I can say there's not much difference. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so he decides to put down the crucifix and actually start studying? Yes. Well, no. No. <laughs> no, he dedicated himself to prayer, not study. He, oh, in fact, prayer. sold his books and gave the money to... Uh, Goodwill. No. The poor, yeah. Oxfam. Oh, no, the poor. <laughs> the poor, yeah. The Oxfam of his time, for sure. Mm-hmm. Philip spent the next 13 years as a layperson, but remained engaged in the mission of the church. Mm-hmm. He began ministering to the poor and sick of the city earning him the title Apostle of Rome. He was known for ministering to Rome's sex workers, which sounds suspicious. (laughs) Like, what are you doing in this brothel? Ah, these (laughs) sex workers needed to hear the word of God. I know it looks suspicious that I'm in this brothel and down on my knees, but... (laughs) (laughs) We are praying. In my defense, I am eating this lady's ass. <laughs> I'm giving her a divine experience, let me tell you. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, whatever, good for him. Yeah, um, it's very Jesus-like. To... Yeah. But he was probably just like annoying them all the time. It's like, have you thought about turning away from sin? It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, have I thought about turning away from sin? Let me think. Uh, it's more that I keep thinking about eating every day. Yeah. 
<laughs> that is the reason that I keep doing sex work. Do you see how this works, Philip? <laughs> well, as someone who'd like come from wealth and given all his money away to the poor, like he probably wasn't selling it as a, a good lifestyle alternative. Yeah. So in 1538, Philip also began taking part in missionary work himself. Mm-hmm. He lived With an ascetic life. Missionary mm-hmm. work. You know what I'm saying? Huh? Yeah. Oh, a little God. doggy style work too. Huh? Was he doing lots of 79s? So, so many 79ings. He lived an ascetic life which okay this is the definition in italy of an ascetic life eating only <laughs> bread with olives oh. <laughs> herbs or apples drinking only water and sleeping on the floor so <laughs> and one bottle of wine a day and that's yeah. it <laughs> unlimited olive oil yeah you know just be, be, you have to because it, it comes out the taps it's good for your health yeah um I t- re- really taking this fasting very seriously but Pasta also with white sauce only you're in rome it would yeah. be literally offensive to have a plainer diet than that mm-hmm. according to legend his body sometimes lifted from the ground and shone with a bright light while he prayed uh, what? So, wait so he would just be praying and then he just levitating levitate. and glowing and yeah. All right. Not that he was just like tripping a lot. I and mean, they'd be like, oh, <laughs> he was floating there for a minute. Maybe. Around 1544, in the lead up to Pentecost, Philip was praying in a catacomb. Suddenly, mm-hmm. a ring of fire descended and entered his mouth to settle dun, dun, in his dun, heart. Dun, 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 <laughs> when you what? hear that, you know that there's about to be... Burning ring of fire. Yeah. Wait. So Sounds he like was... heartburn, doesn't it? Yeah. Wait, so he was in the catacombs and he was suddenly surrounded by fire. Yes. Bad place to be in fire, mm. in the catacombs. Not Seems a lot like, of ventilation. Yeah, like feels like limited exits. Yeah. Yeah, it just feels like a bad place to be around in a fire. Well, it settled in his heart, so oh. sounds like it didn't spread into like a big, a big conflagration. But <laughs> that seems like a bad. That seems even worse. It's <laughs> <laughs> like I thought this bad when the fire was in the outside. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, but the inside is wet, isn't it? So <laughs> that would help. Yeah. Your inside is wet. That's what we learned on that NHS website when we were Googling around. (laughs) The flame filled Philip with a love for God so intense that he collapsed on the floor. Again, it doesn't sound like that's love for God. It sounds like he's being consumed by the fire. It does not feel like the love is reciprocal. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, you know how much I love you, Philip? Here's a seizure. (laughs) Classic God. Anyway. I think the problem is that God interacts with humans without any understanding of how humans work. (laughs) which <laughs> is like mm, they seem to like sleeping a lot everybody does knock this guy down uh, <laughs> he wants they, to be horizontal they're always making fires wouldn't it be great if he had a fire inside of him wouldn't that be that's what hey I'm helping you out <laughs> oh god he's combusting it always goes so wrong for God the love became so intense that Philip collapsed on the floor and cried enough lord I can bear it no more again it sounds like it's the fire not the love that's really causing this burning sensation (laughs) right please stop loving me yeah i can't take it anymore once the sensation had passed philip noticed a swelling on his chest over his heart (laughs) that's not healthy (laughs) (laughs) it's the love tumor (laughs) oh yeah just end like alien it'd be great if a tiny jesus just burst out of his chest oh my goodness (laughs) hey it's some of your jesus After this experience, Philip's heart was said to visibly palpitate when he prayed or engaged in holy conversation. Jesus. I'm just imagining, I'm I'm fairly sure that's from like Tom and Jerry or some cartoon where like (laughs) your your heart like, yeah, throbs out of your chest. Yeah, yeah, it's classic. In a love heart shaped. 
Yeah. Like God's like, you know, I love this guy so much. I'm going to remove his rib cage so everybody can see his heart. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, um, it's interesting you should say that, but and you'll find out why later. But I don't want don't want to skip ahead. So people could see his heart. God, seeing somebody's heart, I would not be uh none of none of that. Do you think he was like Maybe showing that off? He's like, look to... how much I love God. You could see my heart beating. People would be like, whoa, <laughs> put your shirt back on, buddy. Oh my Maybe, god. Maybe he just had like a particularly strong pulse. You know, sometimes you can see people's like heartbeat in the neck. Yeah, but that's stressed. never healthy. <laughs> that's usually when they're like, <laughs> yeah, that means their heart is pumping so intensely. You can see it through their skin, like through like throbbing veins or whatever. That usually mm. means they've been like either running a marathon or from a bear or like they're intensely mad. Like none of this is <laughs> none of that's healthy. <laughs> well, it's, it's not healthy, I guess, for a, a long over a long period of time. But hey, mm. this guy lived till 79. Yeah, I guess that's true. So maybe you should try it. Maybe right. you should try exercising now and again. Oh, he's so. He was also said to have mystical experiences when he received Holy Communion, meaning that it often took him two hours to say Mass. <laughs> oh, man. Wait a minute. So he was leading Mass? I guess so. But also, because, like, when, they, when you bless it, you have the first one, don't you? Yeah, I guess so. 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 <laughs> Be like, oh my god, this is so good. (laughs) Guys, I just want to savor this blood of Christ or this body of Christ right now. Well, especially because the blood of Christ being wine, you know, you got to sniff it deeply and swirl it around the glass, check if it's Mm -hmm. got legs, like, you know, especially again in Italy, be good wine, you'd hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably, probably very nice wine. So really want to savor it. But then like, Mm. then you're just holding up all the mass. Like everybody's like, I was really hoping to have a short mass today. I have a lot to get to (laughs) this afternoon. Well, who's more important than God? really who is who is that's what i'm asking oh i don't know who is that's <laughs> what I'm, I'm saying like you know do you, if you've when you say you've got somewhere to be where is it because everyone in town is right here in in mass but so. isn't god everywhere so it doesn't matter where i am well then why <laughs> even come in the first place good point <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what we've achieved here <laughs> Towards the end of his life, he would say mass privately in a domestic chapel for this reason. <laughs> no, so. but the, towards the end of his life, he was asked to do mass privately in a domestic yeah. chapel. Cause it's like, we're just Especially have to with, do this like, on your own. It's one thing when you're younger and you've got lots of energy, but by the end, you know, but not to stereotype about the elderly, but like, you know, by by the end, it was just there, there was a lot of like repetition and rambling and uh, forgetfulness yeah, yeah, yeah. and mixing. He fell asleep so. in the middle. Yeah, you know. It's... <laughs> After the mystical experience of his heart, Philip threw himself into preaching. Mm-hmm. He was known for his wit. Shouldn't and throw sense himself anywhere. He seems to have very little <laughs> Very high chest. blood pressure. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. should really take it easy. Don't worry, it was metaphorical because he oh. threw himself into preaching. He was known for his wit and sense of humor, believing a cheerful temperament to be more Christian than a melancholy one. He... Hey, it's the return of Pippi Gueno. Pippi Gueno, Pippi Gueno, Pippi Gueno. Well, he would say a joyful heart is more easily made perfect than a downcast one. Yeah. Can can you do that in the Pippi Bueno accent? He's a perfect heart. Wait, where is it? <laughs> he's a joyful heart. He's a better than a, than a sad one. Oh, he's a big, he's a happy heart. Happy heart, happy heart. Oh, my God. Pippi is here to make everyone's heart happy. He's the summer candy, candy. It's a Pippi Bueno. Oh, my word. Yeah, so he's got a cheerful heart. And um, believes that that's the way to get people 
you know. It, it does. I mean, he is making a better case than most of the saints. Yeah. Just like, you want to come and hang out with me and like wear an itchy shirt and like starve yourself and beat yourself and be miserable and live in a dirt hole. Maybe that's why his approach to fasting was like, no, I must have the olives. <laughs> like, because otherwise his heart would also be downcast. Like, I got a oh, certain only example. two courses for me, please. I'm a fasting. <laughs> I'm a, I am a man of God. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that was that was more like Dracula. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> it's me, Saint Dracula. <laughs> oh, uh, I do love that communion. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> he does love drinking blood. He famously, loved, I love this. Wait a minute, there's a whole religion around drinking blood. Oh, this is the perfect fate for Dracula. Apart from all the crosses, of course. Oh, that's a real deal breaker for Dracula. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know where to stand on this religion. It's It's got everything I love and everything I hate. Oh, <laughs> this is a difficult day for Dracula. I don't know this voice. <laughs> like the, the voice is just going and going. <laughs> this is so far away from what we were talking about now. It's amazing. I don't even know what we were talking about. So what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> a saint of some kind? Uh, Appropriately, Philip is often called the humorous saint. Because he often laughed at himself. <laughs> Just like us. <laughs> yeah, he probably had a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> he would wear his clothes inside out for a joke. Oh, look at me with my walking clothes inside out. <laughs> <laughs> Which, when it's a hair shirt, does it even make a difference? It it's just itchy either way. <laughs> Somehow it's itchier on the outside. Well, I mean, I guess that would make sense. You know, if you're wearing a hair shirt, you want people to itch when they hug you as well. Mm. So. Do you? Do you know? Yeah. I'm inflicting God on you. Yeah. Got to be a two-way ascetism comment. You can't enjoy that hug too much. He would joke about with the cardinals and was once said to have arrived at the house of a parishioner with half of his beard shaved off. <laughs> okay. I'm guessing like vertically, not... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just like the... He had his beard trimmed. Did you do that um, thing where it was like the other half had makeup on it, so it was like this side is a man, and this side <laughs> is a woman. Yeah, he was uh, he was teaching about Jesus and and Mary Magdalene, so he was doing like a yeah, you know, turn it to the one side to do one voice kind of situation. It's me, Father Philip, and me, Sister Philippa. <laughs> Fifteen forty-eight, along with his confessor, Philip founded the Confraternity of the Holy Trinity. The group would meet to pray, share the Eucharist and discuss holy matters. Mm -hmm. So he's got his own little improv troupe. <laughs> in 1551, Philip's confessor encouraged him to become a priest. Once mm -hmm. he'd been ordained, Philip acted as confessor to so many that he soon found himself spending most of the day in the confessional. Again, I feel like that wasn't necessarily the volume of people who were coming to confess to him. More like, they'd be like, forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. And he'd be like, oh, well, let me tell you about that time. Yeah. And just kind so of He's doing on. bits. And yeah. Laughing at his own joke. Well, yeah, so he's he's trying to make jokes and stuff and, and just mm. like, I, I really, had, I just kind of want to pop in and confess a few things I did over the weekend. <laughs> I didn't need like an hour of your material. Maybe that's the only way, the only way you can truly gain forgiveness is by sitting through an hour of improv. Maybe it was actually like the best ticket in town. You're like, oh, you should go confess. He's, it's actually really funny. He's like, <laughs> you can talk to Philip. Oh, you had this crazy bit about the Eucharist. And I was like, yeah, you see what we're all thinking. It's cheap entertainment. Or you see what we're all praying. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? So it's like, if you're poor, you can go to confession. 
Yeah. Uh, get a little entertainment there, too. Yeah. If you do confession and communion, it's like dinner and a show. Yeah. According to legend, he had many gifts that suited him to this role. He was right. able to read souls... Identify uh, unconfessed sins. What? I'm sorry. Wait, wait. Read souls. How? What is this? You say this like it's like oh, so he could read souls as we all know. It, <laughs> I guess but... like like a like like a, a medium kind of you know. So he could do auras then. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah okay. He's, he's like you got some bad vibrations here going on, man. Yeah. See. By the end, it'd be like oh, your soul is looking much healthier now. Yeah. Have some crystals and uh, get this all straightened out. <laughs> I think it was probably more based on like if you if you laughed at his jokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He would also mm-hmm. identify unconfessed sins. So mm-hmm. he could, he was very intuitive, I guess. <laughs> so you'd, you'd be done with it. And that's all I have to confess. And he'd be like, Are you sure? Though? I'm sensing maybe I got a little bit of a read on your soul here. I'm thinking maybe there's some other things you want to tell me about. Mm. Mm. He, was, he was like the Darren Brown of his time. And he would speak words of divine love, which came from the heart of Christ. Wow. Oh. Nice. Always a good quality to have yeah, as a sure. priest. Whatever. I don't know. That doesn't mean it's nonsense, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> oh, now you're saying things are nonsense? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, oh, it's nice. It's some nice things. Yeah. Yeah. You say nice things to people and be nice. Sure. Is that Saintly. what we're saying? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Less than a year after becoming a priest, Philip began gathering young companions to meet in his room to pray and converse, huh? based at the hospital of San Girolamo de Acarita. So wait, he'd lure these kids to a hospital and... Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to say it's more like, you know, like a youth club. Okay. Again, just another audience, I right, guess. Right, okay. So he's doing all-ages comedy. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, child-friendly shows. I swear too much. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, because he's so holy, every time Philip is about to say a bad word, like, just a bit of spaghetti flops out of his mouth. That's why they love him. It's a classic bit that spaghetti falling out of his mouth. <laughs> I mean, well if you go to Italy, it's like they still do it to this day, and it always, it's always <laughs> funny. It's never not funny. It's just like it's, it's one of those you things. You can't like, not laugh when you see a bit of spaghetti flopping out of a priest's mouth. Yeah, it's like you know, you see somebody get hit with a pie, or like. <laughs> I realized the other day I was watching a movie and somebody did that thing where they release a bird, but instead of flying, the bird just falls to the ground. Yeah. And I'm just like, every time. It's funny every goddamn time. <laughs> or, you know, you you go to sniff a flower and it squirts water in your did, face. See, some of these, some things are just universally. You're Absolutely just like, classic. I, I can yeah. see this a hundred times and every time it's just going to be really funny. <laughs> so at this youth club is what I'm calling it. They would read about the saints, eat together, sing songs, walk and pray together. Over time, it's a fun followers, afternoon. Yeah. So over time, Philip's followers grew in number, mm-hmm. and he built an oratory to accommodate their meetings. Oh, nice. So classic saint stuff, really, of Some just light construction. expanding your real estate empire. Yeah. Right. In 1564, Philip was called away from the oratory to oversee the newly built church of San Giovanni dei Fiorentini, built by the Florentines. Okay. Pope Pius IV allowed him to do so while remaining in charge of the oratory. So, <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going on a short vacation, but I'm still in charge. Yeah. Nobody sit in my said, chair while I'm gone. Yeah. The Pope says, oh, you can just take it up. Oh, the Pope's right over there. You going to go talk to him? It's right That's down the street. The, the mm. benefit of being in Rome, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like good, good access to the saint. Uh, to the mm-hmm. Pope. It's like the papal pet. The, the what? Like a teacher's <laughs> pet, but like the papal oh, pet. Oh, mm. I see. Yeah, 
right. Anyways, forget I it. I mean, mm. <laughs> when you need to explain the joke. So you went to Florence. Yeah, to oversee this newly built... His hometown, uh, right? Yes. Well done. Yeah. Uh, well remembered. So after 10 years, the Florentines built an oratory next to San Giovanni so that they would not have to travel back and forth between San Giovanni and the oratory and the headquarters were moved there for convenience so I guess okay. he was like juggling two jobs at this point so okay so um, he's got it all consolidated now it's all on the same block yeah for now okay. but after a while it became clear that a new church was needed and the small parish church of Santa Maria in Vallicella was selected <laughs> the building itself was pulled down and a new larger church built on the site Oh, I see, I see. Okay. We need a bigger church. Yeah. I see, okay. Because it's a small parish, right, with a small parish church. They, they probably reacted the way that people react these days to, like, property developers and gentrification and stuff. It was like, this is a small parish no more. Yeah. You know, I think about Notre Dame, because where Notre Dame is in Paris mm-hmm. was a site of a different church at a different time. Like, right. It's been multiple churches there. And the current structure that is Notre Dame has existed since, like, the 16th century or something like that no probably older than that right anyways and then it burned down the other day the other like, day <laughs> or like three years well, ago well matthew happened to be in paris very I was suspicious a, i was a week away from going to paris is what it was sure so you got an alibi <laughs> actually we were gonna go i forget if i told this on the podcast but my parents had come to the uk and we were taking them to paris and they'd never been to paris and it was like a week before they got here notre dame one of the biggest sites in paris just burned right down so it's like well so much for that one trip to paris so <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like it happened just to spite your parents it did feel personal right mm. anyways my point is that They've been preserving this church for a thousand years, mm-hmm. but then it burnt down and when they, and they're rebuilding it, but it's just like, ah, just build a new church, you know, <laughs> because it's like, so like the preservation of buildings, mm-hmm. like there are certain places where there's been buildings built upon other buildings. And it's just like, at what point do you stop and preserve that building? Do you deem yeah. that that building is so important that we need to freeze time there? When it's an interesting concept about preservation that I don't know that I'm sure that conservation like, what's about the criteria all. for well it's burned down now let's just let it be ruins kind of thing yeah or just like all right well I guess new church then like yeah put that one up for a thousand years whatever see what <laughs> a lot of people don't feel like modern architecture is like worthy to be <laughs> up for a thousand years but I'm sure a thousand years ago people were like this this neo gothic bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Or whatever this Good like point. yeah no it wasn't neo gothic it was like this gothic bullshit we're gonna put this up like this is this is terrible I hate this <laughs> nobody's gonna want to see this in a thousand years yeah how wrong they were but I don't know I just like it's just yeah like why why does that get decided and so anyways that's just the whole thing it's just like you know you tear down the old church and you build a new church and everybody's upset about the new church but a few hundred years later everybody's like if you try to get rid of that church then it's a whole thing yeah and it's like where saying. how do you draw the line between preservation and I imagine that Scott who study this kind of stuff think about this all the time but it's just <laughs> sure idle thoughts do. to me <laughs> those people make a whole career out of this and here i am just like i don't know <laughs> i'm just i'm just like burn it all down um sure. just like god sorted out you know <laughs> uh anyways so this is an aside but i think about yeah, very much with, so <laughs> i think about that with with I think about Notre Dame a bunch and I'm like... Okay, well, I'm, I'm glad I, I opened up that can of worms for you. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's fine. Well, it's just like, there's so much stuff in this city that is like, 
a millennia well old. old yeah. That is just like we could update this. Yeah. There's no reason to keep these things. <laughs> I don't know. I was I would say that like most of the the old buildings are quite nice here. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's unless you have to like work or live in them. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. They're I mean, good for the tourists. Yeah, it's good if you're a tourist and you're visiting and you're like, oh, what a fun building. Whatever. Anyways enough about me but you know there's lots of other things to do in oxford i guess apart from the old buildings like watching comedy so really where could i go see comedy <laughs> i'm free this summer i have nothing to do in july <laughs> well you'd be the perfect audience for the oxford comedy festival and did you know for the price of just 70 pounds you can see all of the shows 70 pounds that's a bargain at twice the price yes but which is good because it will go up in price and yeah. it's not the early bird price that surely sounds like a limited time offer that would expire by the end of the month it sure is is it the end of the month yeah i see anyway so you've got by the time this goes out you've got eight days eight to days. ten days ten to days. get your full festival pass it's like the ring but sure. for getting festival passes and it's 10 days and not seven days you know what? it's not like the ring at all don't think about it that way <laughs> yeah i think that might put people off anyways he built a new church yep <laughs> wow that was a long time ago <laughs> we were talking about that and he now had the pope's permission to formally found the congregation of the oratory i guess like when you acquire the property the permission mm -hmm. comes to members would preach sermons in different churches each evening which was a new idea at the time which part i don't quite understand that sentence like, but preaching each evening or preaching different sermons or that just be like the same sermon every night that that's it i think it's like repeating a sermon on like that there may have been like a, a little church circuit of where right. you go to each one on a different night of the week see this is like one. an improv like different show every night yeah it's like it's different every time but also the same can i get a suggestion from the audience for a mortal sin <laughs> i'm hearing adultery from the back and a location and and an occupation okay so we've got a fisherman who's doing adultery in the bakery that's all good. right here we go in 1587, Philip was nominated as Superior for Life of the Society, but he had no desire for power. Now that's my goal, is to be nominated for Superior for Life. <laughs> I'm not sure who would do that nomination. I'm sure lots of people see you as superior in certain aspects of your life. Mm. Sounds like you're qualifying this, and I just want to be just like blanket superior. Right. No subcategories of superiority no, yeah. for you. Mm -hmm. Okay, fair enough. Since he had no desire for power, he decreed that all of the congregations formed according to his model should be autonomously governed. We're all superior. Yeah. Wait, what? You don't know what superior means? <laughs> Some are more superior than others. <laughs> Later on in 1622, this regulation was confirmed by Pope Gregory the Fifteenth. So Philip generally avoided involvement in politics. As we said, he he's not interested in power. Right. However, between 1593 and 1595, he persuaded Pope Clement the Eighth to revoke the excommunication and anathema of Henry the Fourth of France. Hmm. Henry had been excommunicated a decade earlier by Pope Sixtus the Fifth, <laughs> which is the, <laughs> probably my favourite. Pope. He's the best. <laughs> we should do a Sixtus the Fifth episode just because we right, just love even his if name he's so not much. a saint. He's just, not a saint, uh, but we should just. He does <laughs> crop up, and he he has the best name. He's got the funniest Pope name. So Henry had been excommunicated a decade earlier by Pope Sixtus the Fifth in fifteen eighty four due to his Protestant faith. It's a bit of a problem if you are king of a Catholic country, I guess, and are not a Catholic. And you're Protestant, yeah. Yeah. In 1593, the king renounced Calvinist Protestantism and converted back to Catholicism, supposedly declaring, Paris is well worth a mass. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Paris, it's worth a mass. So Philip argued that if Pope Clement refused to accept Henry, that would lead him to waver in his Catholicism and reignite the civil war in France. Mm. A member of the oratory, Caesar Baronius, was the Pope's confessor, and Philip directed him to refuse the Pope absolution and threatened to resign his position as confessor unless the Pope agreed to withdraw the anathema on Henry. So they're teaming up on the Pope. Pulling some strings. Yeah, yeah. bit of blackmail. So he's like, hey, this guy came back to Catholicism, mm-hmm. so we should forgive him. Yeah. For and being if we not don't... I, I think he was worried that if he didn't, there would be civil war. Right. So it's, yeah. it's like a utilitarianism thing. You're like really mean to this one guy to save lots of guys. Are you mean to this guy? No, you're nice to this well, guy. Threatening him. Oh, the Pope. The Pope, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, the Pope should know, like, it's, I don't know, it's just like, yeah, people convert. Like, shouldn't you be in favor of people converting to your religion? Like, yeah. why would you still hold a grudge? Well, I guess he insulted them so badly. It implies that, like, everybody who converts to Catholicism, it's like the Pope's just a little angry at you for not being Catholic for your whole life. Yeah, I, d- I don't know the philosophical consistency of that one, but there we go. Anyways. The plan succeeded years later, and when he learned of the details, Henry the Fourth expressed gratitude for Philip's intervention. Oh, so nice. unlike some saints who, you know, made best pals with kings so they could get all the land for building their churches, I guess he didn't blow his own trumpet too much on that one. Yeah, he's just helping out that. kings just to help out a king, you yeah, know? Yeah, just, you know, good karma. Just, yeah, he's just like, he's doing nice things. Doesn't need credit. Just happy that it's happening. <laughs> kings need help just as much as the poor do. Isn't it true? Maybe more so, really, when you think about it. <laughs> Which is why, you know, spending hundreds of millions of public money on a coronation is definitely <laughs> the right thing to do. You're going to be angry about that till you die, aren't you? <laughs> yes, because I won't be having a state funeral. It's not too late. You might still get a state funeral. I don't know. <laughs> a lot of people would have to die before me in order for me to get a state funeral. Lots of people get state funerals. You could get, you could do something important and people would be like, the state owes you a funeral. Well, so, it's, I like that you believe in me that much. Thank you. I do. Philip died in 1595 on the day of the Feast of Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. In Texas? Sure. Mm. He, sp- <laughs> he spent the day hearing confessions and receiving visitors, but fell ill around midnight when oh, he no. began hemorrhaging. Yeah, I mean, hemorrhaging makes a lot of sense considering that his heart seemed to be exposed. <laughs> It was a fitting way for him to go. It turns out he bumped into a wall and bled to death. Oh, my God. When he began hemorrhaging, Baronius read the commendatory prayers over him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And though he was no longer able to speak, Philip blessed his followers with the sign of the cross just before he died. Oh, that's nice of him. Which, presumably, he did the sign of the cross, then saw the sign that he'd made and started crying. And that's what made him take his last breath. I think he's still doing that. He never got over that. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a very emotional shape. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like you're blessing other people as you're dying. Feels like I'm dying. Let me just focus on me for a second. <laughs> well, it's pretty saintly then, isn't it? I guess Thinking it is. Of others' souls. Very selfless. I mean, I guess yeah. yeah. I guess if you can bless some people going out the door, cause you're getting your last <laughs> rites anyway. Because you're like closer to heaven at that point. Yeah. Pull people along with you, kind of thing. So he got a couple blessings out under the wire, and yeah. then he dies. <laughs> last minute blessings. At the age of seventy nine. The cuddliest number there is. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so, yeah, that was his life. 
Mm-hmm. Did he have any miracles? He was said to have resurrected a 14-year-old boy named Paolo, the son oh. of his friend, Prince Fabrizio Massimo. <laughs> <laughs> just doing favors for kings. I know. It's just it's funny how princes get their uh, their kids resurrected. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I'm not well, against... Well, yeah, because their kids are important. Yeah, I mean, I guess... Which actually, you know, in an economy where there are limited resources, if anything, if you're going to resurrect anyone, you should resurrect people who don't use as many resources whereas like sons of princes are going to be pretty resource intensive you know all their silks and carriages and stuff you mean they're going to be job creators <laughs> all those silk merchants and i didn't think about it like that that is a good point carriage makers <laughs> and silk merchants and all that yeah. you know yeah that's true and think of the tourism i know right but yeah i mean yeah. i mean the kid it's not the kid's fault that he died and he's the son yeah. of a prince and that he, yeah his dad's a prince but again i'm not hearing any miracles and he also resurrected a bunch of poor kids <laughs> did those not make the cut no, well i mean maybe Maybe he did, but we don't know about it because no one cared about them. Yeah, he resurrected them, but like they died a week later from <laughs> stubbed toes. From so... an, a new different, a new disease. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just like yeah, one of them cut themselves on a knife and their arm fell off and they died. I don't know. Like you can only do so much to bail out a sinking boat. Yeah, I mean, I guess like. Well, maybe that's the argument for resurrecting rich people is that, like, if you resurrect poor people, then you're just prolonging their suffering. It's like, maybe that's he was like, logic. let me resurrect you. No, 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 no. He's just Please. Fine. Just, no, just let it go. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No, 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 no. It's just, you know, actually, he's going to heaven uh, and it's one less mouth to feed. So really, if you could just not resurrect my kid, that'd be really oh awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I like 20 kids. So, you know, he's in a better place now because we live in squalor. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, Philip had been sent for when it became clear that the boy was about to die, but mm-hmm. he was in the middle of celebrating mass and arrived too late. <laughs> Sorry, tragic, but also because we know that Philip took two hours to mm, say mass. Just up there savoring his communion waiver. Just like, oh. Mm. Please, I know, I... someone, tell Philip, a kid is dying. Yeah, but this wine, man. This is the thing. It's a process. I'm not going to be rushed by you or by anybody. It would be sacrilegious not to give this wine the full attention it deserves. Yeah, what a weirdo. Anyways. (laughs) Yeah, he arrived too late, so the boy was already dead. He sprinkled holy water on the boy, breathed on his face, called his name twice, and brought him back to life. Shook him, like, Paolo, Paolo. (laughs) Breathed on him as well with his his old man breath. Yeah. (laughs) That that would wake the dead. Oh, you got communion breath. Oh, yeah. But hang on. So this miracle wouldn't have been a resurrection miracle if he'd just been better at keeping time. Basically, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A totally unnecessary miracle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like if he just got there on time well maybe that's it maybe if if he was if he was more punctual he would yeah. never have been a saint i don't know maybe it's like miracles are like it has to get worse before it can get better so it's like <laughs> if he's not dead you can't like if he's sick i can't do anything but if he's dead yeah yeah he he has no medical training he only has resurrection powers yeah. so you have to let them die first oh is he dead oh he's just sick um can we wait I'll, a while i'll check in a little bit <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Let's not rush it. We'll take our time getting there, okay? Well, I mean, I've got I've got a mass to enjoy, so that'll yeah. be fine. After Paolo had said his confession and Philip offered him absolution, the saint asked the boy if he was willing to die now. <laughs> Wait, what? Paolo replied... <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, what? <laughs> no, I... I no! 
<laughs> I'm 14. I that just was the live. only reason he was resurrected was so that he could say his confession, so that he oh. he didn't go to hell. I guess. Uh, so is that, what, he's 14. He shouldn't go to hell. I don't know. Well, anyway, like I just love this idea. It's just like this really intense priest just leaning in. Now are you ready to die? <laughs> I brought you back from the brink. Yeah. Your life exists in my hands. I control you. <laughs> Paolo replied that he wanted to see his mother and sister in paradise. Okay, I'm starting to feel more sorry for Paolo now. His yeah, mom Paolo's was... Uh, yeah, mom and sister were dead. So Philip said, go and be blessed and pray to God for me. And at that moment, Paolo died peacefully in his arms. <laughs> so <laughs> not a very long-lasting miracle. Uh, yeah. Basically, Philip briefly resuscitated someone. Yeah. He rallied. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, then he died anyway. Yeah. So if anything, um, he just prolonged this guy's death. Yeah. But we're, we're filing that under miracle. You know what's cool is dying twice. <laughs> you think dying the first time was scary. Hey, here it comes again. <laughs> well, they say that the, uh, the scariest thing is the not knowing, right? So if you die twice, maybe it's less bad the second time. Maybe. I don't know. Because mm. you, you've been through it already. Yeah, you've been. Familiar. So, yeah, that and the levitating, I guess, during prayer. Levitating and glowing. Yeah, for sure. And and his heart thing. Being like one of those anatomical, visible people where you can see their heart <laughs> on the inside. So, yeah, that that's it for miracles. Mm. Not, I'm not, I don't know, whatever, fine. Whatever. You're not convinced? I mean, he's just a nice guy, I guess, generally. But... Sure, particularly if you happen to... Be of royal lineage. <laughs> I mean, as with all things, it helps to be rich and royal, right? Mm. <laughs> what about relics? So he was buried in the Chiesa Nuova in Rome, uh-huh. which stands on the site of Santa Maria in Vallicella, which was the church given to Philip in 1575. So they replaced so, that church again. Yeah, but oh. his <laughs> bones are, are there. His body was examined after his death, and it was found that he had two broken ribs. What? Which his followers attributed to the miraculous expansion of his heart when he had his mystical experience. <laughs> So you called it. Um, wait, so, wait, but how did he break his ribs? When his heart popped out of his chest. So, wait, your contention is that his heart expanded to the point where it broke its ribs, not that yeah. his ribs broke and therefore you could see his heart. I, I don't really fully comprehend the difference. You're, you're saying, saying that his heart expanding due to God's love yeah. shattered his ribs. Yeah. <laughs> And much like and you're saying, actually, he just broke his ribs because of the fire, and then you could see his heart. Yeah, he tripped okay. in the catacombs and <laughs> broke his ribs. <laughs> there are a lot of like big stones lying around in there, to be fair. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I don't know, whatever. He like, tripped on a skull laying around there, right? <laughs> he fell in the dark. <laughs> he probably knocked his head, and he's like, I saw a fire. <laughs> <laughs> and now my heart does this cool thing. I assume it's from God. It's extremely painful <laughs> and unsettling to look at, but I assume this proves that God loves me. But it must be holy. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So Pope Benedict the Fourteenth believed that Philip's enlarged heart was caused by an aneurysm. Mm. Some theories about his... Wait, was that the last Benedict or the last Benedict was 16, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay old yeah. hitler youth pope he's dead now right you know I d- didn't he just retire or didn't no he, he did die? die yeah no he did. he did just die yeah okay sorry we should be on top of this news so yeah his relics are in rome mm. that's the main the All main right. takeaway from that bit so they threw his bones in the church it's a fitting place for them to be he seemed to really like that place and they built he like built all the stuff that he wanted to go to like in mm. that same spot so <laughs> he's like this is where i want to 
spend eternity. You you would guess that that would be his yeah favorite place to be. Mm-hmm. I I guess the the interesting thing about that is that he potentially has more relics than other saints because by his ribs breaking like right. the, then they would have Double broken into more yeah exactly yeah so but they're all in the same spot it's not there's not really yeah. like they're not really spreading them around like a lot well, of well no, that's true that's true spread all around europe that's true so if anything like the easier a relic is to find and the more common it is presumably the less valuable it is so maybe that's why like they, they've never been disturbed yeah they're relics they're not pokemon cards <laughs> <laughs> i mean you're an economist i thought you would know about scarcity <laughs> i don't i mean there does seem to be a greater supply and demand uh, like a greater <laughs> demand anyways than i would expecting for uh dead bones. people's bones yeah that said i don't know that there's I, yeah i don't know yeah, i don't know what the real resale value is on those <laughs> <laughs> let's to ebay let's see what what's going on for saints bones on ebay i bet we could i feel like right. there's probably a rule and i've never tested this or looked into it and i hope i never do <laughs> that you're not allowed to sell any human kind remains. of human remains yeah on ebay <laughs> oh yeah maybe for saint like if they're historical then they don't count maybe mm, i don't know i think ebay's probably made a blanket no human remains well let's move on all right i think it's time for you to guess philip's patronages oh is he the patron saint of 79ing <laughs> of course but that's not something that the catholic church recognizes i would think the catholic church would be into 79ing you know <laughs> i don't know what's sinful about that no i guess it's quite chaste yeah yeah is he the patron saint of jauntiness jaunty youth he is a patron of laughter and joy oh so pretty jaunty yeah that's pretty jaunty i think jauntiness falls under laughter and joy yeah yeah, yeah. i'd say you're close enough all of based diets <laughs> Maybe all of them bread-based diets. He, he, you could definitely see him like if he were around now, he'd be writing like a lifestyle recipe book on the olive diet for right. sure. It's just one fistful of olives for breakfast. Oh god, I hate <laughs> olives. I do too. I don't. I don't get it. I really don't. I do like their juice oil. Um. The olive oil's fine, but yeah, regular olives are yeah disgusting. I once had uh, some olives that I liked. Actually, it was the day I got married to Alice. I guess I was so happy. I even enjoyed eating <laughs> olives. <laughs> <laughs> the taste of love because alice is like these are the same ones we had on the day we got married right and i was like oh cool because we'll have them other place and i'll be like i don't like this oh no <laughs> <laughs> so it was just the context uh, maybe it was yeah i've never met an olive i like is he the patron saint of having a big heart guys with big hearts <laughs> big hearts it's it's weird he's not and like a lot of the time saints are patrons of specific diseases right but <laughs> having a weird throbby heart is not one of his patronages. Yeah. Weirdly. Just or even against throbbiness. having a weird throbbing <laughs> Or any kind of throbbing. Yeah. yeah. Or spontaneous human combustion. Because he's hot uh... on fire. <laughs> no. I guess he didn't combust. Not on he my was... list. Yeah. Is he the patron saint of comedians? He is. Yay. Well done. What? Uh, good old Pippi Bueno. Yeah. Represent. Yeah. Oh, that's good. good Aut- to know. Also artists and writers. So similar. Oh, similar yeah. Category. I mean, yeah. I like to think. I think comedians are artists. We so, are yeah. artists. That's yeah. true. <laughs> I'm not much of a writer, but, you know. Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's why you employ very literate dominies to correct all your mistakes. Yeah. Superior beings. And by superior beings, I mean comedians. <laughs> well we already covered that one well he is a patron of the u.s special forces so maybe they see themselves as superior beings wait 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 
wait, wait. He's the patron saint of special forces. The U.S. special the U.S. Forces. special forces, like specifically SEAL Team yeah. Six and shit. Green Berets. <laughs> the Green Berets, right? Oh, sorry, okay. the Green Berets. Yeah. Yeah, say it right. <laughs> I mean, it is an American term, so I should say it Americanly. No, it's beret, like a hat. Yeah, beret. Beret. Yeah, so English people say beret, and mm. American people say beret. I don't like any of these. Like, um, the way you say herbs. Anyways, the green berets are like the Navy SEALs for the Army. Oh, well, I mean, so competence is so, clearly... But I mean, like... They're basically like, I don't know, like assassins. Like, I don't know. Like yeah, <laughs> it, it's a weird one because like, yeah, you would associate them with seriousness rather than levity. And Yeah, he seemed like such a fun loving guy, not the kind of guy you would like drop in to overthrow a government, you know, like in Central America. But, you know, maybe maybe we need more comedians in the military <laughs> to motivate people. You know? What if war was just funnier? What if we just yeah. make it more fun? Everybody seems so serious out there. What if you drop your bombs in the shape of a big willy? That would be, yeah, there you, go. you know, lift the mood. What if instead of like an explosion, it just makes a really loud fart noise? <laughs> well, to be fair, as a pacifist, that's the kind of warfare I want. Yeah, people will be like, you know what? Why are we even fighting? We all laughed at that. Yeah. So, you know, maybe we're not so different. Yeah. You know, let's all come together and decide that. What a beautiful vision. Of a big fart bomb. All right. So what are, what are all his patronages then? So other than the ones you've already covered, he is a patron of Rome. Right. And also of Candida in Italy. Canada. Candida. I knew you were going to say that. Canada's not in Italy and uh, it's north of a... Listen, of this United is not States. a geography podcast. I keep <laughs> telling you this. I can say what I want. <laughs> he is the patron of something called the Institute of Christ the King Sovereign Priest. Okay. Wait, <laughs> it's got king in it twice? He's a king uh, and a sovereign? He's <laughs> a king, a sovereign, and a priest. It's yeah. the Institute of Christ the King Sovereign Priest. Also, oh. Christ actually means Messiah, so there's lots of oh, competing... Which also means king. Right? Rep yeah, yeah rep repetitiveness <laughs> in that title yeah institute of the liege christ the king sovereign <laughs> yeah in fact he's he's just the patron of uh, synonyms is yeah, is yeah. what that is he did love helping out royalty so he, that's true it makes he, sense that he would he be the, the patron of <laughs> synonyms for king yeah he is a patron of a couple of places in the philippines that i'm not going to attempt to pronounce a couple of places in italy as discussed mm -hmm. u.s special forces institute the christ of king the sovereign priest laughter joy comedians artists and writers okay we covered them all that's good i mean i like that he's the patron saint of joy yeah that's nice it is I'm, of all the patrons we have that's probably the most pleasant for sure would you say it cancels out the special forces <laughs> as a patronage <laughs> Special forces feels problematic. Yeah. Um, for a man of peace, as he seemed to be, right? Yeah, that's true. It's not like he's a guy who's out but there is, mixing is it up. But is there an argument that having like an elite bit of the army that does much more targeted stuff <laughs> is better in the long run? Because, the, you know, there's less collateral damage? I don't know, man. The... More discipline? They say, I mean, like, they keep talking about targeted stuff, and then they seem to blow up a lot of weddings, you know, with those, <laughs> with drones and shit, you know, it's, yeah. I don't know, like, 
it's it's just it's just all bad i think true yeah that's fair <laughs> i enough. think people should be more like philip and just you know be like hey let's get together and be cool and forgive each other for past sins and you know prevent wars that way but no they're like let's put on a jaunty <laughs> beret and overthrow a democratically elected government we so we're saying that this is actually quite quite an offensive patronage to give to a guy who yeah seemed yeah seemed to be I'm, not really about violence i mean he it seems like he when he got assigned that one he'd be like I, uh no <laughs> i don't know if you can opt out because they're always can you, assigned can you, get you know after you're out? dead especially because uh. presumably that was a, a much more recently assigned patronage yeah who got to decide that the military <laughs> like does the army get to decide well, that, to be or? fair like catholicism doesn't condemn war like augustine believed in just war right just any old so. war yeah it's uh but yeah it's a weird one i don't like that he has to do that does that mean as well like if you want to be in the special forces you have to be catholic see that's the thing right at the very yes. least i hope that america's murder squads are secular well yeah anyways banana do you think that you'd ever have uh saint philip nary intercede for you at any time if i had a problem that needed being dealt with in a rush i don't think he would be oh, the guy no. to to yeah. go to but if you want a, a good excuse to procrastinate a problem yes like, that's true and and that is very me right yeah it's just like <laughs> i am just savoring this tiny amount of food here so if you could just give me another couple hours yeah because after I... the savoring i'm gonna have to take a light nap <laughs> if i was told i had to go on a diet i would get philip involved because he seems to find loopholes for that Mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. i wouldn't want to eat olives but right. like maybe some other kind of nibble yeah. could be thrown it like you know cheese cubes similar yeah. size i think that if your fasting regimen is just italian food <laughs> pretty good loophole yeah mm -hmm. yeah in fact you could say i'm doing the st philip diet i think that i have a lot of heartburn issues so <laughs> you maybe can relate. you can help with that that's like one thing that i'm not ailed by yet really? so well, got that to look forward to i guess yeah you're still young but yeah i think the guy with the flaming heart do you think he was just always like smoke coming out of his mouth <laughs> i think if my if people could see my exposed heart i feel like i'd <laughs> i'd be like i want i need help with this need advice for that situation yeah. yeah any any if anybody could see like any pulsing veins on me at any time it's like saint philip just go ahead and tag on in there and help with but that but then would he be much use i don't know i would just need to help with anybody at yeah. that point you should not be able to see that yeah like for sure but yeah and i guess you know general comedy stuff sure <laughs> yeah always helpful well Countries. yeah maybe he can be the one to to guide you back to to being a comedian again to being a stand-up yeah being maybe stand up. Yeah. somebody to be there and help you punch up jokes you know <laughs> this is missing a half a beard yeah. <laughs> like shave off hey you know what kids a hundred percent of the time huh? <laughs> turn your shirt inside out <laughs> there we go so any any stand-ups listening if you're having writer's block F philip's pranks are just there for the taking yeah anyways well annie excuse Anna. me <laughs> what happened there well wow. it's the end of the episode now folks and so <laughs> i had exactly this much talk in me and i have yeah. no more and now we're re reverting Anna... to being absolutely unable to communicate effectively yeah. at all all right let's wrap this up before it, it gets any worse talking in tongues and i thank you for bringing me the tale of this most joyful saint that we've dealt with little little pipi bueno bye-bye <laughs> pipi bueno, oh, bye -bye, pipi bueno. but thank you so much for the that's uh the fun tale of his life yeah of serious chest injury 
<laughs> Finding <laughs> the so funny serious. side of yeah, having heartburn. Uh, you're welcome. Have a blessed day. Right, you too. Bye. Bye.